0: A Studio D production.
1: I'm sorry. Well, everybody loves Whatever. me at my new job. Thanks, so. Jess. <laughs>
0: I didn't have a bad week. I'm allowed that's to just... be happy that my I new know, job is but the you way you said it, and the way you said it the, the first time, <laughs> which I just let slide and was
2: like, well, and then the way you said it the second time was like, just in case you didn't hear the first time, my life's better than yours right now. You
1: know, Kelly, that my modus operandi is to get under your skin. So that's why <laughs> I say things the way I do.
2: You are probably one of the few people... I want to say this in a way that I hope you take okay.
1: (laughs) Um, I was just mean (laughs) to you, so be mean to me. It's cool. No, no,
2: no. I actually think like... I don't know if this is going to sound in a way that you'll take it okay. (laughs) So I think like a lot of people, you generally want to just like presume positive intent. Like most people are not trying to piss you off or be mean. I think... (laughs) With you in our relationship, in <laughs> in our sisterhood, and only in our sisterhood, not in the world in general. I
1: don't know. There about are that, some but...
2: times where you actually are like, no, I do want to do this, just, to- <laughs> just in a to funny piss way. Off, yeah, in like
1: a funny hat. Like I just want to piss you uh, off right funny now. Tell- I want to dig
2: under your skin. Yeah. It's
1: so funny because during when we had to do all that family counseling, like uh-huh. one of the things our counselor used to say all the time is like, nobody wakes up and says. I'm gonna be awful today. No, we all wake up and say I'm gonna be the best me I can be. And yeah, I was uh, like, uh, positive intent. I was like, I mean, I guess that's true because I wake up and I want to be the best me I can be. And the best thing I'm, the thing I'm best at, is pissing people off. <laughs> so I wake up in the morning and I'm like, who can I piss off today? We gotta go with our strengths. <laughs> see, right? see, I never... that
2: I know you, and I wasn't way <laughs> off base. And you were gonna be like, what? I just try to be nice all the time. Nope. Uh, I mean, Are we, we going to have, have a podcast? podcast? <laughs> <laughs> oh, do we
0: want to have hot. a podcast? It is hot. Sit down, me. I want to tell you a story. A really weird and messed up story. With murdering ghosts and gobbly ghouls. It's all really fucked up, so don't you be fooled. It's f Up Family Story time.
1: Everybody, everybody, sit down. Sit down. I'm gonna tell you a story. It's not a fucked up story, but we're gonna like it. There's no goblins or ghosts or gobbledygooz. Gobbledygooz? Isn't that what you say?
0: <laughs> gobbledygooz, yeah. Is Isn't it? I it? thought it was
1: gobbledygools or something. Gobbledygools, yeah. Gob- gobbledygools. Gobbledygools. <laughs> and there's nothing here to fool you, so you won't be fooled. But are okay. we ready for effed up family story time? Yeah. Sure.
0: All right. Well, hello everyone. <laughs> Welcome to F'd Up Family Storytime. I'm Salem and I'm Hannah. And that was uh Jess that gave us our lovely <laughs> intro there and that you're going to cut out, right? Nope. And also <laughs> Kelly is I'm here, here today. here, too. Yay. Yay. So today, as Jess explained, she is telling us a story. It's not a fucked up story, apparently. Um but before we get into the
1: story, how's everyone doing today?
0: So good. Yeah.
1: Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like we have mixed goodness and badness today. but Meh. I think I, think I, I have can, an
3: ear infection. I think Ooh. we can be honest. I may have a
1: blood clot. Yay. I'm, yes. think I think I have a pooped. science infection. Science. A science, a science. <laughs> Why can't I say sinus? Why is science it all science, science infection. infection? I've been infected by science. Is that like the extra oh, level too oh, oh, she oh, blinded science, with
2: science. me with science well, i was thinking too but i can't sing like you she so i blinded didn't do me it me
1: with science she infected me with science
2: <laughs>
1: all right this we is real science. good guys all right so all right. what are we drinking we are drinking a dragon gram okay so <laughs> dragon gram Today, we have a Valentine's, kind of a conversation heart candy inspired drink. Um, we're drinking from two Colorado businesses today. The Periodic Brewing Company based in Leadville, aka where my mom and dad fell in love. Um, and we're drinking their strawberry lime candy Kolsch, about half a glassful, mixed with the C-squared uh rosé cider which says fall in love on the can so that inspired no. our valentines <laughs> says all the people who fell in love and are in long-term relationships <laughs> yeah. two married one might as well be married that like. just goes to show you <laughs> what you're yeah. in for um and then just to give it a little extra sugary boost to be kind of like those conversation hearts a moderate drizzle of simple syrup. Um, I will say two things to keep in mind. Pour the simple syrup first, then half a glass of the rosé cider, then slowly pour the candy kolsch because it foams like crazy. Mm-hmm. And then you do have to stir it because the simple syrup won't mix up unless you stir it. And enjoy our dragon gram. It was yay. Yay. Yeah. My glass is I just tried to clink Salem and hit my mic instead. She clinked all of the listeners' glasses (laughs) instead. Also, I want to remind everyone that the last
2: time I was on this podcast was January. And I was doing dry January and everyone else was drunk. (laughs) And... I, you said that you would all be doing dry February, and, and I said, yay, I'll be the drunk one, and that did not happen. We were all drunk. I forgot.
0: All right, now is it time to get to our it's story? It's time. It's our 12th episode. I didn't mention that before, so happy 12th episode. Every time gets right. ready to
1: talk, I'm going to say something. So. She's been tangenting just as much as anyone. Welcome, Welcome to our 12th episode. 12th 12. 12. 12 is a wonderful number. It's divisible by three, four, six, and two. And it is also. <laughs> and one. And one. And also, <laughs> if you multiply it by itself, it equals 144. It also stands for a dozen, but not a baker's dozen, just a regular dozen. And a gross is 12 times 12, 144. I think that could be wrong, but that's what my memory tells me from math. And are we ready for a podcast, guys? Yeah. I don't know what's happening. Yeah, we are. There's 12 days of Christmas, too. 12 days
3: of Christmas, yeah. (laughs) There's one day of
1: Christmas. (laughs) Well, there's two days of Christmas. There's
3: two days of Christmas. Well,
1: all I know is on the 12th day of Christmas, my true love gave to me 12 drummers drumming. So speaking of Christmas, another overly commercialized holiday is (laughs) Valentine's Day. Nice segue. I'm pretty good at those. So today we're going to talk about the history of Valentine's Day. We'll talk about how it started and how it's turned into one of the most commercialized holidays that also makes anyone who is single feel like they are worthless. Yay. So you've got t- so you've got both aspects, right? Overly commercialized and makes people feel bad. Capitalism, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, in spite what you might be thinking, we've done like two Valentine's drinks, and now we're doing a Valentine's podcast. We're not overly obsessed with Valentine's Day or think it's that great, but it's just fun to talk about how we've evolved and what it started as. So current state valentine's is kind of thought of as a romantic holiday you spend it with that with your loved ones specifically romantic loved ones uh but the people i know right but the people who are important in your life that i like i really like that part
2: about valentine's day i think valentine's day should just be about spreading love and with people mm-hmm. who you care about and not just romantically, but also romantically, but all of the people that you care about. And that is why I sent you all a happy Valentine's Day message on Facebook Messenger that none of you responded to.
1: I don't remember <laughs> seeing that. I, I thought do. I responded. It was pretty
3: late on Valentine's Day and I'd already been drinking a bit. I was too busy watching the Sonic the Hedgehog movie with my Ooh, loved ones. Romantic. <laughs> I, guess
1: the issue was- I fell asleep at 10. I guess the issue that I have, I fell asleep at like eight.
0: So I guess the issue I have with Valentine's Day is that we should always be mindful of expressing love to the important people in our life every day. It shouldn't, while it's nice to have a day where you recognize that and pay homage to it to a certain extent, we shouldn't have to have a day. Like, you know, there's so many people that. Like, oh, let me buy my wife those stereotypical flowers and chocolate on Valentine's Day. But the rest of the year, I don't even engage her in conversation at the dinner table. You know what I mean? Exactly
2: the same is like how Cinco de Mayo is a great opportunity to drink margaritas and tacos. But we should really be drinking margaritas and eating tacos (laughs) every every day. day.
1: And remembering the Mexican War.
3: I don't know about you, but I do drink margaritas. Every like day, like pretty much every, <laughs> day. pretty much every day.
1: I can't because of my GERD. It would give me way too much oh, heartburn. How sad!
2: Margaritas are so good. They're like they the are. best. Anyway,
1: Valentine's Day. All right. So I go mean, to mayo is the same as Valentine's. You can, day. You can drink mar- You can drink margaritas on Valentine's Day. That's strawberry true. margaritas, and makes it a little bit more lovey dovey. All right, so Valentine's Day, who's ready? I am. And Cinco de Mayo. So (laughs) both Valentine's Day and Cinco de Mayo are shrouded in mystery. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I don't know about Cinco de Mayo, but the origins of Valentine's Day are shrouded in mystery. There's many uh, conflicting beliefs from scholars, because we know how credible scholars are. Um, about what truly created Valentine's Day as we know it today. So the first theory um, goes back to the 3rd century and St. Valentine. And the ambiguity already starts there because the Catholic Church recognizes at least three saints that were named Valentine or Valentinus. And all of those saints were martyred because you can't be alive and be a saint, you kind of have to be martyred and all that kind of fun yeah. stuff. Cause and Catholics have, are very
0: strict. And you have to perform a miracle, right. at least one miracle right. a, during your lifetime.
1: So those three saints have kind of, they each have their own story that have, over time, become melded into one, that a lot of people think. Okay. So the first was a priest, and he lived during the reign of Emperor Claudius Second. Mm. Um, oh, that guy. Yeah. third century that that guy third century um claudius ii believed that single men made better soldiers okay so he outlawed marriage for young men thinking that if young men can't get married, they'll be soldiers and they'll be better because they have nothing at home to live for, right? No yeah. family, no Seems kids. Seems logical. That's I can right. kind of understand Bucked. that, yeah. I mean, I get it,
0: actually, if you really think about it. Right? You don't have anything to lose. It's your job. That's your focus. You know, if I die,
1: So you I, nobody can just cares. be a body
3: in the war machine. And That there's is all- humanity.
1: Exactly. <laughs> so uh, Claudius II has outlawed marriage for young men. And in comes Valentine, at this time, just a priest, not a saint. And he defied Claudius and continued to perform marriages in secret for young men in love. Oh, Right? Eventually, he was discovered, and Claudius ordered him to be put to death. His death coincidentally happened on February fourteenth. Okay? So that's the first one.
0: Now, I, maybe I'm mixing things up. Maybe I should wait. Should I wait? To I don't know. Say my... what you want to say. I had heard there was something about that happened. What was Valentine's miracle? Because I had heard that when he was in prison, he had performed a miracle. Or am I thinking of another saint?
1: I don't know. Let's find Let's out. Let's find out. Let's
0: find out.
3: I like that marriage was only outlawed for young men. So Sorry. that means that a whole bunch of lesbians were just running around getting married. That's what <laughs> I like to believe. That's my personal or rewrite a, of history. <laughs> or a
1: bunch of per, or a bunch of pervy old men were marrying young women because young women happening. couldn't find young men yeah. to marry.
3: Pervy. That's already happening.
1: (laughs) I mean, orgies were a big thing in Rome. That's true. Okay, so our second Valentine, recognized by the Catholic Church, pretty much has the same story. The only difference was that he was a bishop, not a priest, but kind of the same story, held marriages in secret, was found out. What is the difference between a priest and a bishop? Well, one is spelled P-R-I-E-S-T and the other is spelled B-I-S-H-O-P. Salem, you know you. this. A bishop is just higher up. They like oh, have, okay. d- like
0: a priest is in charge of a church and the congregation that goes to that church essentially, whereas a bishop is like in charge of a district of churches, okay. I think.
3: But they're both and then, Catholicism? Like, then it's yes. just, yeah, okay.
0: it's just stepping up. In the I'm system. friends ah. with a priest.
1: That's right, I remember. <laughs> Yay for Kelly. Matt, Matt went to school with him, right? Yeah. Kelly's cool. getting a
3: one-way ticket into heaven now. God. She's got to do,
1: like, her reparations, though. Donate, and her sins will be absolved.
3: He's going to sneak me
0: in the back door.
1: <laughs> I have a question. Uh-huh. So both
0: these guys are
1: named Valentine? Okay. So are they really two different people? We don't know for we sure. No. don't know. Okay. Scholar. So the... The Catholic Church does recognize three separate St. Valentines from what I found. Oh, okay. Um so there are three separate saints called they, Valentine. How do
0: they distinguish between them? Don't know. They don't use like
1: first names or anything.
0: One what is Jim,
1: Frank, <laughs> Frank Valentine. <laughs> and then we have a Frank. <laughs> and then there's John Paul. Okay, I think John Paul is the one I was talking He might have of. become a pope eventually. <laughs> um but yeah. There's I don't also think so. The John Paul Ringo. John Paul Valentine <laughs> the Saint? No, the Pope. John Paul
0: John Paul George Ringo? Is that what you're going for, Kelly? <laughs> That's what I said. Well, oh, I, I didn't, didn't say George. Hear George. I just said I John know. Paul I was Ringo. throwing all four of them in there, though. Oh. Yeah, poor George always gets <laughs> left out. Okay.
1: So then we have the third Valentine.
0: You didn't talk much about the second one. Because
1: he did the same shit as the first oh, one. Okay. He was just a bishop, not a priest. Okay. So that's that's that one. Okay. And that's it's less impressive. And that's that's the first thing that gets scholars starting to think that it's BS because like how do you have two people who yeah. have the same exact story? Yeah. Um, the third Valentine is believed to have helped Christian prisoners escape from Roman prisons. So Roman prisons were very brutal back in the day. Especially if you were Christian, instead of believing in the Roman religion, which they stole from the Greeks and renamed all the gods and pretended it was theirs. So we're talking about a pagan religion. Um, But it was very brutal to the Christians. So so it's believed he helped those prisoners escape. And then another legend says that he sent the first Valentine message.
0: Oh. So
1: after he was imprisoned, he fell in love with a young girl. I'm thinking Jailer's daughter, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> she sashays by the prison cell, right? <laughs> um before his death, he wrote her a letter and he signed it from your Valentine. Oh, oh the first Valentine. Mhm. That's pretty cool. So over the years, those three stories have kind of melded into one that gives the legend of St. Valentine. Um And you'll hear bits and pieces of both of those. He married young lovers in secret. He helped prisoners escape. There's also, to Salem's point, um, a legend about him healing a blind girl while he was in prison. And I don't know how much you know about Catholic religion, but to become a saint, you have to, one, be dead, and two, have performed a miracle during your lifetime. So people believe that uh, curing the blind girl of blindness... Is his miracle. Yeah. That's what I had heard.
0: Ooh. But I don't know which one Ooh. it was about.
1: <laughs> one of the
0: three Valentine. It's probably
1: John Paul Ringo.
0: Yeah, I think so. <laughs>
1: um regardless of how it all came to be, Valentine was viewed as a sympathetic and heroic figure. But when we get into the romantic aspect, we have more dissension among scholars. So Because of the legends of secret marriages and love letters, a lot of people believe that that sparked the romantic aspect of St. Valentine's Day, Um, but then there are some who disagree. Um, But either way, Valentine would become one of the most popular saints in England and France. Okay. In the name of love. So no matter how you look at it, though, all three of those saints... (laughs) In the name of love. (laughs) (laughs) sorry (laughs) a little delayed there um no matter how you look at it though all of those saints what they had in common was a legend that involved some sort of romance and being beheaded on february 14th okay did they
0: so they all died on february 14th supposedly supposedly yes i mean that was quite a coincidence there's three
2: people all named valentine all were beheaded on the exact same day. That's I like mean, three people named named Frank Smith all being beheaded on the same day. That would be
1: crazy too. I mean it didn't say in the same year. No, but still. I mean I suppose <laughs> maybe so
2: many people were being beheaded. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there
1: was we're talking about true. third century. But they were also three saints
2: all beheaded on the well, same Well, but day. they
1: weren't saints until they were until beheaded. they
3: died.
2: But
1: I'm just saying, it's not like... It's, it's very still- weird coincidence. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, it's weird that the church recognizes three separate St. Valentines, you know? But in reality, there probably just was one. I
1: mean, aren't there like a bunch of St. Johns and crap like that? I Are mean, there, there? weren't so lot. I know. There's a lot of saints. Everyone there. had I mean, the same
3: fucking name. I was going to say,
1: there found <laughs> a lot of names back then. It was like John, Paul, Valentine, Valentine was not George, a, Ringo. Know, Mary. <laughs> so we got more story because
0: I think her okay. pizza might be here soon. So. so
1: Pizza. 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 Oddly enough, people think pizza is an Italian invention, but actual Italian pizza is quite different from what we know here in America. And it's delicious. Another thing that's quite different in Italy than what we know here in America are celebrations. So we have our She's making this
2: work, isn't she? I (laughs) know.
1: So... Aside from our three saints that are suspected to be part of the creation of Valentine's Day as we know it, there is also another theory about the pagan celebration of Lupercalia.
3: Ooh. Ooh. have not
1: looked up these pronunciations, just going off my crazy weird infatuation with Greek and Roman mythology, assuming I know how to pronounce stuff, so feel free to fact check (laughs) it and email us. So... Lupercalia was a Roman pagan tradition. Now, some believe that the Catholic Church placed the St. Valentine's Day feast in mid February to try to Christianize Lupercalia. Um, Lupercalia was celebrated on the Ides of February. Which is February 15th. It's not a thing. The Ides of March is a thing. Ides of any month is a thing. It's well, about mid month. Literally, it is. But... The Ides of everything <laughs> is mid month. We hear it more often with Ides of March, right? Around St. Patrick's Day and so on. But the Ides of February was February 15th. Name the Shakespearean
2: play the Ides of March comes from okay. fucking Julius Caesar.
1: Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> Kelly because doesn't know. Beware I'm the not... Ides of March is about how Caesar was mm-hmm. murdered. Yeah, you got it. That's what I thought.
1: Too. <laughs> so Lupercalia was uh, a festival dedicated to Faunus, the Roman god of agriculture, and it was a festival that celebrated fertility. They also used it to celebrate Romulus and Remus, and if you don't know, Romulus and Remus are considered the founders of Rome. They were abandoned children who were found by a she-wolf who raised them in a cave until they were able to emerge and found the city of Rome. That's why Remus As Lupin where Harry Potter has his name because he's yes it it wolf, a wolf character and lupin lupine is the latin word for um wolf ish or dog like and that's why his name is lupin so as far as the festival of lubricalia went it was fairly typical for roman rituals you know sacrifices and shit um but it kind of gets a little gross Um, So Roman priests would gather at the cave that was believed to be the cave where Romulus and Remus were raised by the she-wolf. They would sacrifice a goat to represent fertility and a dog to represent purification. Then they would take strips of the goat hide and dip them in sacrificial blood. And then they would walk through the streets of the town slapping Women and crop fields with the strips of goat hide dipped in blood. Gently, by the way, gently slapping. (laughs)
2: Important (laughs) information, gently.
1: And it sounds awfully disgusting, but Roman women actually welcomed the slapping with the goat hide strips, believing it would make them more fertile in the coming year.
2: I got one this year, guys. Like, lucked me I got, I got blood <laughs> on <laughs> I'm going to have a baby.
0: <laughs>
1: Gross. Um, then later in the day, all the single women's names would be placed in an urn. And the bachelors would come and draw a name from the urn. The n- bachelor and the name that they drew would be paired together for a year. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's all. It's paired together, whatever that means. But most of those matches would end in marriage. That's like hand fasting. They do that. It's, pagans used to do that kind of ritual
0: at certain times of the year where you would stay together for a year and a day. And at that point, you would have the opportunity to say, no, this didn't work out. Essentially, they live as married people. Yeah. And they say, no, it didn't work out. Or, yeah, it didn't. then they get actually
1: get married.
3: That sounds like a great practice. Yeah. <laughs> that
0: would really I like mean,
1: lower the divorce rate. What does what like? does live together as married mean though? Like what if you don't like them? Do you have to kiss them? I think so. I mean, I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't think
0: they would want to have children out of that kind of union right. it's I out of know. wedlock so you would still yeah. have certain things you're not allowed to do right I, would, I don't know I I, I feel always like got the impression the that woman that is so allowed weird. to cook for her I man and say, clean for him and take um, care of him for yeah. a whole year
1: that is all I know I feel like it's like they got a nanny like <laughs> I'm a grown man with a nanny she makes my breakfast lunch and dinner and cleans the house and I go to work and then I come home and yeah
3: and a year from now I shall kiss her <laughs> <laughs>
1: A year from now, <laughs> a year to the day, I shall kiss her on the lips with tongue, <laughs> so Lupercalia was eventually outlawed for being unchristian. That the, seems a little unchristian, I know right? because it's literally I mean, not christian this is <laughs> this is old Christians trying to take over the world, right? Um, so at the end of the fifth of the fifth century, it was outlawed. Pope Gelasius, again, did not look up the pronunciation, (laughs) but I'm (laughs) thinking molasses. I'm thinking Italian. The G is a j sound, gelatinous, and it's. I know it sounds like gelatinous, doesn't it? Gelasius. Um, he declared February fourteenth Saint Valentine's Day. Okay. After he
0: outlawed. Lupercalia to appease the pagans to a certain extent, most likely. Probably, we like, yeah. give you this you shitty are, little holiday. Yeah. It's like Easter. Like you yeah. are
1: unChristian, but hey, it's St. Valentine's Day now, so do your thing. Yeah, minus
0: the blood and the slapping and the premarital sex and all that kind of <laughs> shit. You know,
1: <laughs> damn. <laughs> I wish I. Heard of thing I just have visions of women like running in the street, like slap me, slap me. <laughs> I want to be fertile. Cover me in the goat's blood. Yeah,
3: that's a tradition we should have kept.
1: I know, but could you imagine, like, a Valentine's Day parade through downtown where they're, like, it slapping women, right? <laughs> they're slapping women with blood-covered goat hide. Sounds fantastic. Is that, are we taking yeah. a break, Jesse? <laughs> I my head right. in my head. Are we ready for a break? I said yes, like, three times, okay. bitches. I gonna come back then just pretend we didn't take a break okay we could do that just pretend we didn't take a break okay all right so the legends of the different saint valentines and the potential of lupercalia being what influenced current valentine's day are believed by some but many believe that the romantic aspect of valentine's day didn't come into play until the 12th century. So, while there were celebrations for St. Valentine's Day, it wasn't necessarily considered romantic. But then, okay. Geoffrey Chaucer came on the scene. <laughs> In 1375, he wrote a poem called The Parliament of Fowls. Now, just to note, Fowls is spelled F-O-W-L-S. Like the birds. Like the birds. birds. Okay. And in that poem, there was a line that said, For this was sent on St. Valentine's Day, when every fowl cometh there to choose his mate. So it was also believed in England in the Middle Ages that February 14th was the beginning of the birds mating season. So many scholars believe that this is where the romantic aspect came into play because Chaucer wrote about St. Valentine's Day and mating. Mm
3: -hmm. It really is all about the birds and the bees. And the flowers (laughs) and and the the trees. (laughs) And the sky up above.
1: And the thing called love. (laughs) Um, So when you take all of those different things together, it all contributed to what we know as Valentine's Day today. Now, the idea of Valentine's greetings, so cards, etc., started in the 1400s. The oldest known Valentine was written in 1415 by the Duke of Orleans, and he wrote it to his wife while he was imprisoned in the Tower of London. So he wrote a nice little Valentine's message to her. Now, that first known Valentine is actually part of the collection at the British Library. So you can actually see um, in their manuscript collection that first Valentine. That's cool. Yeah, I know, right? I want (laughs) to go. And then by the 18th century, it was common in Great Britain and the US for friends or lovers to exchange small tokens or handwritten notes. Then during the 19th century, uh, we started to see card manufacturers popping up. Okay, so it capitalism. Becomes, <laughs> it became so popular by the 1800s um, to send Valentine's notes that it became commercialized. Um, cards were often very elaborate, containing lace, feathers, flowers, tinsel. Cool. And they would sell for as much as fifty dollars. Oh my wow. God! That's dumb. In the 1800s, <laughs> that's I don't a know, lot of money. Exchange rate,
0: but fifty dollars back then would be a lot of money. Are I you going to look it up?
1: <laughs> Hannah's looking it up for us. Um, it also became so popular to mail Valentine's cards that postal carriers were given a meal allowance to help keep them going during the busy season. Um, so yeah, so it was crazy. Like millions of valentines were sent during this time. That's like the Christmas
0: season is now.
1: The, so, one thing I read was that the only time of year that more greeting cards are sent than Valentine's Day is at Christmas. It's Christmas. Both overly today,
0: commercialized. Like today, like in. Mm-hmm.
1: So, Valentine's like today Day is, is in still? 2020. Is still
0: more? Yep. Wow. Um, I do Jack Diddley for my loved ones on Valentine's Day. <laughs>
1: I buy really thoughtful and meaningful gifts, but not for you.
0: (laughs) That's why I've not seen one. Okay. (laughs) So
3: I found out how much $50 in 1800 is today. So it is $1,000 and 23 cents or no, wait. (laughs) $1,023.69 <laughs> $1,023.69 in 2020 dollars. Wow. Imagine. That's dumb. That's Imagine. really so,
1: dumb. I mean, you have to think, like, even in the late 1800s, you could get, like, a slice of pizza for a penny. Yeah. So a yeah. $50 valentine. That's insane. Um. Okay. So valentine cards and greetings became pretty popular. And during this time, one of my favorite... Favorite things became, or one of my favorite things came to be, and that is the vinegar valentine.
0: What is that? I have an idea, but tell us, (laughs) Jesse.
1: So, in the Victorian era, vinegar valentines were sent to enemies, unwanted suitors, or just someone you didn't like. They could be kind of lighthearted with a teasing message all the way to downright cruel and aggressive. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, they often had drawings on them that characterized stereotypes or the physical attributes of the receiver. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I can see why you would like these, Jess. I know, right? <laughs> they often caused fistfights, court cases, suicides oh and my God. murder attempts. That's
0: horrible. Oh no. People killed themselves. I was
1: gonna say bring that back but maybe not. <laughs> um, according to one actual published newspaper story, in 1885, a man shot his estranged wife after she sent him a vinegar valentine. Oh no! It's not the best relationship there. No. no. relationship right, right. non-goals. Um... <laughs> And some were so vulgar that postmasters would confiscate them and refuse to deliver them. Oh, my God. I know, right? So you can see a lot of vinegar valentines online, but I have a couple of my favorites. A lot (laughs) of them were actually addressed to suffragettes so they would be sent to suffragettes by people who opposed the suffragette movement and thought that the modern woman was like a bane of the existence of society and our morals and our values and they would send ones that like I saw ones that said to the suffragette and like to the modern woman and they were very (laughs) very disparaging and awful but a couple of my favorites so there's one that has a picture of a woman handing a very large lemon to a man. And it says, tis a lemon that I hand you and bid you now skidoo. <laughs> <laughs> because I love another, there is no chance for you. <laughs> That's Oh great. my god. I love that. <laughs> I just like that the word skidoo Skidoo. and bid you now skidoo i want to like
3: print those out so that every time a dude at a bar hits on me (laughs) i can just like hand him a vinegar valet.
1: um skidoo sir you can find a lot (laughs) online skidoo (laughs) kind sir um (laughs) another one i want to share is pretty funny so the picture depicts a woman leaning over a fence and throwing a bucket of water into a man's face who appears that he has no idea what is happening and his top hat is flying off. (laughs) Then it says, here's a pretty cool reception. At least you'll say there's no deception. It says as plain as it can say, old fellow, you'd best stop away.
2: (laughs) That's a good one one for a bar.
1: That's a good one for a bar.
3: And then so, I throw my drink in his face. Yeah, <laughs> yes. right?
1: Yes. You tie it. Instead of the, the bucket of water, right? Yes.
3: <laughs> Burning so, vodka instead.
1: <laughs> so those were funny, but there are a ton out there that you can find. We'll I was amazed at how many were aimed at suffragettes. Like, people were very mean to the women who wanted to just, like, I just want to vote. Like, really? Yeah. I just want someone to listen to me. I want to <laughs> have an opinion. <laughs> So that is what we know about the origins of Valentine's Day. Um, Today, Valentine's Day is celebrated in the United States, Canada, Mexico, the United Kingdom, France, and Australia. Okay. In the spirit of romance, what we know Valentine's Day to supposedly represent today, (laughs) or false romance, or pretend romance, or like, I hate you, but on Valentine's Day, I love you. However you want to look <laughs> at it, I thought that I would share some of the momentous kisses throughout history. Ooh, What? Kelly made a face. I really wanted
2: to use, say, the exact quote from The Princess Bride, where it says, <gasps> there are 10, but the problem was I couldn't remember it, Let's so I stopped. Let's look it up. It's like, like it there out, are 10 <laughs> like, best yeah, kisses yeah. for in all of time. This one left them all away or something. That's not... <laughs> <laughs>
1: Since the invention of the kiss, there have been five kisses that were rated the most passionate, the most pure. This one left them all behind. The earliest written mentions of kissing were found in the Vedic Sanskrit scriptures from 1500 BC. Now, these scriptures were foundational to the Hindu religion. We continue to see... Uh, mentions of kissing appear in ancient Indian and Hindu literature, including the Kama Sutra, which has a whole chapter on the different ways to kiss. Our first famous kiss, though, dates back to first century AD, and it is Judas's kiss. Now, this kiss is a representation of betrayal. So, written in the Bible, Judas... Betrayed Jesus by informing the Roman authorities um, about Jesus's, I don't know, actions, doings, preachings, whatever you want to call it. And he told them that he would identify Jesus with a kiss. So when they were together, the authorities would know who to apprehend. So this is a kiss of betrayal. Judas gave Jesus a kiss and they came and swooped in with guns a and took <laughs> Jesus away.
3: Definitely, guns ablazing, whips ablazing, they called on in the spot!
1: <laughs> okay, so that's our first famous kiss in history. So our next famous kiss was the first kiss on film, and that happened in 1896. Uh, May Irwin and John C. Rice. Traveled to John C. Riley. I was yes. Salafane, Mr. Salafane. <laughs> so, May Irwin and John C. Rice <laughs> <laughs> traveled to uh, Thomas Edison's studio in New Jersey and they reenacted their final kiss scene from a play that they were performing in New York City. Um, many Felt that the scene in the play was fine, but that the close up footage of their kiss was too risque. So oh, they didn't no. like that. Then we have in 1898 the first black kiss on film. Yeah. Which I have weird things talk feelings talking about like do we have to distinguish black from white and all of that. But it was a big deal back then. It's eighteen ninety eight, right? It's a big deal. Yeah, in yeah. this not,
3: instance, yes, you do need to like,
1: differentiate. <laughs> not too long after the Civil The Civil War. Yeah. Um, so here's a problem I have with it though, and why I almost didn't talk about it. So we have uh, black performers Saint Subtle and Gertie Brown, and they starred in a short film titled Something Good, Negro Kiss. Oh, no. I know, (laughs) right? That's why I almost didn't talk about it. Um, Like, for real. Like, why is that the title? Something Good. Because it was Negro Kiss. In the 1800s. (laughs) Yeah. That's
3: why it was the title.
1: Yeah. I mean, legit, it wasn't. I mean. (sighs) It didn't have the same connotations
3: then. That's We're lucky it's just not hard R the N word. Like That's that it was also a possibility,
1: true. and then true. we would
2: not be talking <laughs> <Yes>. about it. <laughs> yeah. and
1: then it would have been crossed off my list. Um, but it was the first film to show Black Americans kissing. Um, you can see the footage online. Be- in two thousand seventeen, historians actually rediscovered the footage, and um, yeah. Um, and then we have probably the most recognizable or famous. Kiss, and that is the VJ Day Kiss in 1945. Oh, that, oh, that was. Yeah. So, this is the picture of a sailor kissing what is thought to be a nurse in the streets of Manhattan while the end of World War II was celebrated. What some people don't know is that this sailor and this nurse actually didn't know each other. So earlier in the day, the nurse, who was actually an assistant at a dental practice, a bunch of sailors came into the practice, and they were all crazy and wild and celebrating. So on her break, she went out into the streets to see what all the hullabaloo was about, because I think hullabaloo is a good word for 1945. (laughs) It is. And while she was out there, a sailor who had been drinking since early that morning and also was out with his girlfriend mistook this uh, assistant for a nurse and came up and aggressively kissed her leaving Assaulted his... her I know right yeah leaving his girlfriend behind um the huh. nurse in quotes uh quickly pushed him away and left and they parted ways but they weren't able to part ways before a photographer snapped a picture of the two which became an Infamous picture of the celebration of the end of World War 2 I'm yeah. pretty sure
2: I knew like five people in college who had that picture on their wall before any of us knew that that was actually a picture
1: of someone <laughs> assaulting someone. I and like
3: right? knowing that, you can tell her body language in that picture. Oh, she's sure. like, please get off me, she's, sir. Like
1: she's so tense.
3: <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Her hand is like up like, no. <laughs> it's not great. It's still a famous kiss, though.
0: <laughs> it is. It is. It's an iconic picture because it just really kind of encompasses the whole feeling I mean the guy that did it was probably a decent guy just got home from war and he got drunk and he was probably so fucking excited I mean he was there with his girlfriend you know what I mean like,
1: like what I read too was like he mistook her for someone else from like From everything I read. Like he didn't just walk up to some stranger like he thought she was someone.
0: But there's so much excitement going on that it's really
1: easy to lose. We're extraining away the horrible assault that this man. Yes, you're right. But (laughs) Hannah was looking at me, I had to say it. (laughs) We
2: should all just be happy and kiss people when we're happy. We should just go with to with oh, hey strangers we
3: consenting adults consent. consent that we know.
1: <laughs> I mean, I would feel flattered if some guy came up and kissed me and then just walked away. If I they're mean... consenting, do we have to know them? I No, mean, just, just consent. consent. May just I consent. kiss you and then leave? Yep. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. <laughs> so the last kiss I want to talk about is the Star Trek interracial kiss in yeah. 1968
0: all right fuck yes Star Trek
1: this wasn't really the first interracial kiss that happened but it had a pretty big impact so William Shatner who played Captain Kirk on the original Star Trek and Nichelle Nichols who played Lieutenant Uhura on the original Star Trek were in a scene where they were captured by aliens and the aliens used telekinesis to force them to kiss (laughs) so many problems with that already (laughs) Now, Nichols actually wrote a book about her time on Star Trek and about, like, memories of being on Star Trek. And one of the things that she wrote was the network was concerned about how Americans, specifically, would accept the interracial kiss. Now, for those of you who haven't watched the original Star Trek because you're not as big of nerds as us, Kirk was white, Uhura was black. So they want... So the network actually wanted... Shatner and Nichols to record two scenes one where they kissed and one where they didn't Shatner and Nichols had a different plan and so when they were recording the scenes where they weren't supposed to kiss they purposely messed up those scenes so that the network would be forced to air the scene where they kissed oh uh-huh. yeah <laughs> yeah so that was pretty funny I thought That's, that was pretty great yeah, good for them so those are all the kisses I have except for the princess bride kiss which, but we read that at the beginning <laughs> it blows so them special. all out of the water it does. <laughs> the There does leaves pod them all in the, away. <laughs> in the way
0: in the way
2: okay what you got next for us there Jess <laughs> a boob punch <laughs> I used to want to invent a game that was like slug bug but it was for Colorado because there were so many Subarus in Colorado and I was going to call it Subie Booby, and you got <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're gonna talk about some momentous events that have happened on valentine's day and we're going to end with what is probably the most infamous thing to ever happen on february 14th okay i think i know what it is <laughs> <laughs> some some so some notable things that have happened on february 14th uh captain james cook died in 1779 um, so if you don't know who James Cook is, he explored much of the Pacific Ocean uh, on behalf of England, including New Zealand, Alaska, and Hawaii. Um, from what I could tell, he died in Hawaii after he tried to to uh, um, detain Hawaiian indigenous people and they didn't like it.
0: Ah. Um <laughs>
1: So he died on uh, February 14th, 1779. At the same time, a huge battle was happening in the Americas during the American Revolution. So it was an interesting coincidence. Um, Oregon became a state in 1859 and Arizona became a state in 1912, both on February 14th. That was cool. Another notable thing that happened on February 14th, Alexander Graham Bell applied for the telephone patent in 1876. Uh, What's interesting about that is that, um, I'm not sure how many people know, but he actually had a competitor, Elijah Gray, Mm -hmm. who was uh, trying to patent the idea of the telephone and Bell's lawyers filed his patent just hours before Elijah Gray's attorneys were going to file his, and ultimately the patent courts ruled in favor of Bell and gave him the patent. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Poor Gray. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Maybe, and who's heard of him again? Anybody? (laughs) Anybody? I have,
0: but only
1: because I've heard that story before. So the last momentous event that we will talk about on our podcast today is the St. Valentine's Day Massacre in 1929. Okay, so let's set the scene. Chicago, the 1920s, rife with mob activity. Two gangs fight over power as two men rise through the ranks to lead those gangs. Al Capone, 1925, became chief of cr- or became chief crime lord of his organization. Thanks to Prohibition, bootlegging had greatly increased profits, and gambling and prostitution didn't hurt either. By 1927, Capone's estimated net worth was approximately one hundred million dollars. Wow! God, in 1927 money. Mm-hmm. Googling it. Capone's ruthlessness allowed him to consolidate control over Chicago's crime racket by gunning down his enemies without discretion. But there was, but there were still enemies out there. (laughs) Shut up. I'm sorry. I'm trying to be
2: all dramatic.
1: I gasped because a million
3: dollars is 12 million in in 2020 money. So that would be like $1 billion. And $200 That's a lot.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, Capone still had enemies out there. One of his longtime enemies was Irish gangster George Bugs Moran. Moran ran his bootlegging operation out of a garage on North Clarkson Street. Now, while there were few eyewitnesses to this event, this is generally believed to be what happened. On February 14th, 1929, gunmen, dressed as police officers, went to Moran's garage and pretended to arrest his men. Instead, they lined up the seven men who were there against a wall and proceeded to gun them down. They opened fire and about 70 rounds of ammunition were fired. Oh my lord. When officers arrived, one man was still alive, but barely. Now officers pressed him to give information as to what happened, but he refused and then died. One interesting fact is that Moran was actually on his way to the garage and narrowly missed being part of this execution. Wow. He immediately blamed Capone and Capone's gang for this act, but... Capone was never charged, nor was anybody else. And the case to this day remains unsolved. Huh. Well, thank you, Jesse, for telling
0: us yeah. some good stories about Valentine's Day, some good history, some shitty things that happened, some fucked up stuff that happened on our day of love. Yep. Which didn't a start more- as a day of love.
3: No. More recent shitty thing that happened on Valentine's Day was the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas school shooting.
0: Well, thank you, Jesse, for telling us some stories. (laughs) And I think it's time to move on to our things that don't suck. Things that don't suck. All right. That's what we're doing now, bitches. (laughs) Things that don't suck. All right, guys. So who wants to go first? Who's got something that doesn't suck? belle has got something. Hey
1: guys, it's Belle. I've been here this whole time, <laughs> but
0: uh, my thing that doesn't suck is after almost a month and a half of not having a job, I'm going back to snozberry. Good so. job. Yay. I Schnoz love <laughs> I schnozberries.
2: love schnozberries. It's my favorite.
0: Cause the you know I like Snazberry. That's pretty cool. Who else has like got something? The
1: window now? Um, it's been real hard to think about things that don't things suck. Things that don't suck. Is that for some weird reason Kelly still loves me even after all Thank of you. our bickering? So whoa, that's pretty nice. <laughs> Aww, thanks. That's
0: family. I mean, that's our family because we have a good family. Some people have shitty families, and a I'm lot sorry. A lot of for people have shitty families. Sorry yeah. for all of you out there that aren't as lucky as us to be able to fight and bicker and still love each but other. But for
2: you people out there, you can make your own families. You can. That's be- true. There's lots of room in our family. I was just going to (laughs) say,
0: you can be part of our effed up family. Yeah. All right. Who else has happy thoughts? Or things that don't suck. Are you suck. trying
1: to light the mic thing on fire? So Anna
2: was was crinkling her lighter wrapper in the microphone, so I was gonna try and make the sound of the lighter going off <laughs> in the microphone. <laughs> but I just realized how dangerous that might be, so I decided not to light right by the microphone. Okay.
1: <laughs> so things that don't suck are Kelly. Kelly didn't, didn't light her the house face on, on fire. fire. We didn't light the house on
2: fire. Woo, <laughs> that's a good that thing. That counts as mine. That's good. Okay. Aww. That's good. <laughs>
1: I mean, we, you know, I mean, sometimes life, life sometimes sucks. Sometimes life yeah. is stupid. It's you to find
3: anything that doesn't suck. I mean, suck. That's when right. you
1: have me as a family member, that's always hey, a possibility. You know what else? That's not true.
2: Hey, you know what else <laughs> doesn't suck? What? Um, have y'all ever had uh, that? It's like Blue Moose is the name of the brand. You have had it because I've had it at Halloween parties. And they make a Tex-Mex smoked Gouda spread. Ooh. Ooh, that sounds yummy. It's so good. And I was not having a good day on Tuesday when we went to Costco. So Matt made me buy some. And I've been eating it all week. And it's almost gone now. And it's so good. I <laughs> love uh, and that, that. doesn't suck.
1: I love that Matt's like, oh, Kelly, you're having a bad day. Buy this cheese. It'll make <laughs> you feel better. <laughs> Pretty much. Our
2: Valentine's Day was a beer and cheese pairing. That's awesome. I saw and that it you were so going good. to that
1: at Wonderland. And yeah. I wanted to crash it, but I would have been we by could've... myself all right it was awesome
0: that's cool you got something hannah uh my thing that doesn't suck is that
3: i didn't cry today Woo-hoo! that's a good Yay. thing hey hey yes,
0: she hung out yet with me. I'm just- <laughs> and she's <laughs> the hanging out with the family. still young <laughs> that's true so my thing that doesn't suck is <laughs> i was watching sherlock i've not <gasps> watched sherlock before and so I was watching the first episode and I'm spoiler alert if you've never watched Sherlock there is the at the ending there's a scene where Sherlock is facing the bad guy and he's got a capsule full of poison and it's in a jar and he puts it on the table and then just to shake things up a little bit he takes another jar with another capsule that looks exactly the same and tells him that one is poisoned and one isn't and all i could do was quote princess brine the whole <laughs> thing and i just thought it was so funny it was a great comparison and if you it's amazing I agree. it was funny
2: I have built up an immunity to iocane powder.
1: <laughs> Never you go think against a Sicilian. Think you put the poison in the glass in front of you because I'll think that you put the poison in the glass in front of me. So, so then therefore, the poison is clearly
2: in, in the, the glass, glass, glass in, in front, front of you. But only you a great a fool would reach for what he was
3: given. I am not a great fool. Even Never even go even against a Sicilian <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> when, when death, death is on the line. line
0: want to thank everybody for listening uh we do have a listener that we would like to call out to and that is derek derek is my son (laughs) and uh hannah and bell's brother and we actually record in his old bedroom so and he has been a faithful listener and uh we should just acknowledge him. He's listened and to every single him. episode Thank and we Derek. love him. And we he might, you, he might be on an episode someday. He's got a, a couple ideas he would like to share with us. Bring so. it. Yeah. And I don't know. Is there anybody else? Want to ask people to uh, rate us on whatever streaming app that they listen to us on. Uh, send us a message, send us an email, comment on Facebook. Let us know you're out there. Tell us if you'd give us money, because I will start a Patreon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> will you support us? So, And then
0: also, just a reminder, we have another podcast that's going to be out soon. If you like The Sims, uh, it might be interesting to you. So stay tuned for that. <laughs> And uh, keep
1: on the lookout because we've got all sorts of uh, podcast ideas brewing. Oh, yeah. you may see more from us Absolutely.
0: Here in Studio D. And this will be the one and only time I explain it on a podcast, so I hope you all hear it. But Studio D stands for Derek, if there's ever any question. Because we record in his old studio Derek's bedroom.
2: Studio <laughs> Derek's bedroom.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! It doesn't roll off the tongue.
1: It, it makes it sound so much more creepy when we're like Studio, studio Derek's, Derek's bedroom.
3: bedroom.
0: Ew.
1: So that's so that's why that's Studio Studio D.
0: So uh thanks everyone for listening. I think that's it. Is it that a wrap? Bye. Peace Bye. out. Out feeder
1: scene. Pig from fucking